You know, I think what everybody's dying to know about is how it went with Neil. Uh, he's been suitably flogged and fired. Right. Not, <laughs> not in that order, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was sad. <laughs> you wouldn't think you would hang around for the flogging after the firing, but... You know, but that's Neil. That's Neil. That's yeah. totally Neil. Loyal, just ineffective. So, Jody, uh, uh, it's episode 43. 43. Right. Uh, right on the heels of the release of episode 42. Right. I, I feel like we're, we're sort of doing our, our, our penance for keeping the dryers uh, without audio for so long. We're gonna, That's fair. Yeah. We're going to do... Totally fair. Bam, bam. Two yeah. quick episodes. Yeah. Get, get back on the horse. The podcasting horse. The wagon? Wagon? Horse? Is there a pod... Casting? I don't know. What sort of mascot? We both have beers. Does that mean on the wagon, off the wagon? What does that mean? <sighs> I've never figured that out. Yeah. Um, no, I think there should be a podcasting mascot of some sort. I don't know what it would be. For all podcasts? Or Maybe a giraffe? Different, different podcasts or, or a different mascot? A bat. No, I think the podcasting universe needs hmm. needs a mascot. Well, whales travel in pods. Oh! Bottlenose dolphin of podcasting. That's not bad. We should probably workshop that a little bit, but... Let's do. Okay. Off air. Yeah. We'll have to do that in post. Yeah, because that's fascinating stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't think our show needs an after dark quite yet. <laughs> but may- maybe someday. Uh, I promised myself I was going to laugh less on this episode. Why? Mm. It was annoying on the last episode, episode mm. 42. I kept laughing. You're not You're not that funny. That's true. But people people want to hear that we're having a good time, don't yeah, so, well, Yeah, so we're in person at the workshop again. Here we are. Um, no, it, it's already, uh, we're already schwitzing in here. It's very warm. Very warm. Um, <laughs> so Mr. Pieces it'll, it'll, appreciates this. It'll probably be a short episode. We could both be doing this from the air-conditioned comfort of our separate home and recording uh, but, headquarters. But we no longer have Neil to do the editing, right. so we have to, you know, make well, sacrifices. Yeah, live to bits uh, requires a lot less editing than the, uh, than the internet internet tubes version. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so, yeah. So Neil's gone. Neil's gone. Neil's out. Now, frankly, Neil's... We've lost a scapegoat as well. Yeah, that's the most troubling part. I was going to sneak up on that. You just put it out there. My, my, uh... Well, okay, frankly, Neil's head was demanded by, well, just one listener specifically. Uh, Mr. Pieces called out Neil on social media and demanded that he go. And I really couldn't argue with that. Well, uh, Mr. Pieces has a very commanding social media presence. Right, he's it, that guy. He, uh, yeah, he's, he's everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he's, he's, he's also a, a, a very loyal listener, so. Right. Um, had to be done. Neil? You think he's listening? Neil? 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 No, he's probably. No, probably I, not. This I, I would think you know it's too soon. He's probably a, a little hurt. I don't. Frankly, Maybe. he should have seen it coming. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Go talk to Dan Benjamin at Five by Five. See if if he's hiring. Quit. <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. So so Neil's out. Um, what are we talking about this week, Jody? We got some. We got some fake follow up. We got. Yeah. That, was that our only real follow up? I think so. Straight on to the, to the fakeness. Yeah. Okay. We uh, I, I noticed when you pulled up that you are not driving your uh, your your cool Rex wagon. I'm not. No. Uh, I I don't have my loud car, my loud boy racer car right now. Well, that's uh, how you you snuck up on me. I, I assume yes. I hear you. <laughs> you were totally surprised when I tapped on the window at the workshop. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I've got a rental right now. It's a Chevy Cruze, which is funny because your rental is the same car. Uh, same model, same year, same color as my wife's rental car. Color, even. The nice. same color as my wife's rental car. She has the identical Chevrolet Cruze, and because um, her car is still in the body shop. It was supposed to be back by now, as I said in the last program, but oh. no, still in the body shop. Well, mine just went in today. Okay. What did they tell you for turnaround? They told me this Friday, which would be quick. just a few days. Yeah, it's only the tailgate. I say only. Tail, tailgate and tail light. So the tail light, yeah. The well, tail light is a ten minute thing. Yeah, I mean it's tail you know, is... it's a module modular swap in right. dealy. Um I tell you what, the the two things that I can't abide about the Chevrolet Cruise 
I just knew I knew you'd have to complain about this car. It's yeah, it 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 demands complaining. It, the lag in the you know okay, so we both drive turbocharged cars, and I've been modifying turbocharged cars for for a while. You helped me modify mine. I, that's true. <laughs> and turbo lag is something that is is real, although with a properly sized turbo and engine combination, those compromises aren't as drastic as they were in the in the eighties. And a heavy enough foot. Yes, these these days it's not a big deal, but. This car has, uh, like, a transmission lag. I'm pretty it's, sure it's not the engine, it's the transmission. No, it's totally the, the slush box yeah, automatic it, oh transmission. You put your foot down, and then nothing happens, so you, you, you incrementally increase how far down your foot is. And then by the time it decides, oh, you're serious, you want some power, then it goes... And, of course, it makes more noise than power, but it but... When it gets, oh, I'm angry, it brings up all the power, and then that's more than you really needed. Yeah. You just needed less of it, but sooner... And then you have to take your foot off the gas, and it makes for just terribly awkward driving. Yeah, lurchy, awkward driving. I have rubbish. chalked this up um, in most, I'll say, modern cars. I drive a 2004, <laughs> um, <clears throat> which I happen to know that the pedal on the right pulls a cable, which is connected directly to True. a throttle, um, that, you know, the, the more modern cars that the pedal on the, the skinny pedal is only connected to... A, a rheostat, you know, a, rheostat a, a potentiometer, <laughs> yeah. that then the computer is looking at that signal and going, hmm, does he mean it yet? Does he mean it yet? Well, okay, yeah, yeah, he means it. No, this <laughs> let's, is, let's let's fire up the thing. Yeah, well, the Chevrolet is definitely a drive-by-wire, but I think it's, but it doesn't have to be like that, because everything is drive-by-wire. I mean, you, you know, our non-listening... I hate that term. Because the cable itself was Because a wire. the cable is a wire. It bothers me as well. Okay, good, I'm glad... <laughs> Well, because I think about well, like the, the I think about like the shifters and the brakes on my bicycle, for example. These are connect, sure. connected by physical cables that you could think of as wires. But yeah. when you say so, when like I remember when I first heard the term "fly-by wire," I was like, "Well, I assume that means cables, like my bicycle." But no, that meant all oh, potentiometers and and, and, and motors and so on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, but it doesn't have to be like this. My point being, my wife is considering a new car purchase. She's uh, I guess, about to get a new job. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, she's going to be making more money, and she was thinking... Uh, well, anyway, we went to the Volkswagen dealer, and we test drove a 2015 GTI. Ooh. And, of course, that's a fancy modern car with a turbocharger, and it's a uh, drive-by-wire, obviously, and there is no lag in between the motion of the skinny pedal and the action of the engine. Oh, well, that's lovely. It's... Pretty fierce. Now, unfortunately, they didn't have a manual transmission one for us to drive, and and she said she just couldn't really get a good sense of the car until she could drive it in a manual. Oh, but she exclusively drives manual. I did not know that about her. We both, yeah, we both drive a hard line on that. Okay, my my partner and I are the same way. Good. Well, yeah. hey, cheers. <laughs> Might be the that's going to be super loud. It's going to be loud. Oh, uh, <laughs> also, um, back to to Mr. Pieces, uh, real feedback, actual feedback. Hmm. Um, and this is my fault. Um, I, I, I pressed Matt to use a different sound effect to censor his cursing. Yes. Which I did. Which you did. What did you think? Which Neil did. Neil which did. Which is another reason he's fired. Oh, you didn't like it? Mr. Pieces didn't like it. Oh, he said it scared the bejesus out of him. I he, tried, took it way down. I know. I'm sure you did, because we, we learned that lesson a while ago with the beeping oh, noise. Oh, yeah, yeah, be way down. noise. Yeah. It, it well, the tone noise. But the compressor's going to bring it up. That's true. Compressor That's a good kind point. of levels everything. So, uh, was it really hot? He said he was listening on his car stereo, and <laughs> it just it just scared him senseless. So, okay, so back to the beep. Maybe back to the beep, but that scares me senseless in my ear, my ear balls, my ear, my ear buds. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Have what? We're <laughs> we're uh, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, we're hey. At least we're trying to sort out yeah. the noise to cover Matt's cursing. Yeah, I guess I could just. Curse less, but that's not gonna happen. Anyway, sorry. Okay, back to the fake follow. Well, sorry about that, listeners. If if that was jarring, uh, I, I I tried to get the the level low. You know, this was after, you know, after saying goodbye to Neil, and uh, you know, frankly, he's been doing all the editing, so I have a lot to learn. <laughs> always, always lost to learn with editing. Um, See, I got to use him as a scapegoat that one last oh, time. Oh, nice. See that? You like that? That was good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and now you'll have to blame, um, what, uh, OS X 
Mavericks for, I am annoyed. for all of the annoying editing. Well, I am annoyed. I, it was annoying editing since I've upgraded the uh, OS on my wife's laptop here that I use for the editing. It's slower. The Audacity, which we use for all the editing, uh, which, you know, is perfectly functional, great program, all open source and, you know, all those good things. It's now giving me spinning wheels every time I do a an edit, and it didn't used to do that. So it, it's added, you know, like, 10, 15 minutes to the process. Yeah, and it's 10, good. 15 that's minutes of a long process. waiting. It's really annoying. I, I, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's probably a thing that the internet knows about and has fixed. I just need to look up. Uh, we should get Neil to Google that. Oh, oh. I mean, we should Google that. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry, listeners, that's me taking notes uh, okay. during, the, during the show. That's important. Yeah. You know how I feel about notes. Yes, we do. We do. So, talking uh, which I have my I have my space pen in my pocket, but I didn't get any index cards out. Is that your is that your new what? is that your new iPad? Is that your yeah? This is my... that the spoils of yeah? Of... I, I I was going to mention this on the last episode, but um, you did did you? No, you didn't. I did not mention it. That was off air. That we we talked a little bit about the conference and such. Uh-huh. Uh, well, at that same conference in the the door prize drawing at the the last dinner, they gave away some. Some nice prizes, and I scored. They pulled my name, and I got a, a free iPad Mini. That is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm actually holding it right now. That Velcro that's, sound. Was, that's the sound of the big ugly case he has on it, listeners. But I also I put a carbon fiber. Uh, oh, it's carbon fiber. Well, because that makes it fast. It looks fast. Yeah. Yeah. I put a carbon fiber uh, skin on it. <laughs> yeah. Now that you mention it, I I I, I like my little iPad. I like it for... I like the form factor, you know? Because uh, my wife has a proper iPad. iPad 2? iPad Senior? Yes. Uh-huh. And it's full-sized, and that's great. I mean, that gives you a lot of screen area, a lot of touch area. But th- this slightly smaller one is is nice, especially for things like, like games that wouldn't really work on your phone, but look great on here. And, th- and that's, you know, talking of which, I did put some games on it. I got a... I got a couple that I I can I can recommend to other iPad users. I don't know if they're available on on Android powered tablets, but uh, well, we know how Mr. Pieces comes down on the on the iOS Android split. So yes. why don't you give him a recommendation on some good games? <laughs> yeah, his dig about uh, your Android app yeah. was pretty funny. <laughs> so until he wants to buy me a Mac, he can get a spoon. Mm. Okay, my two game recommendations are the first one is called. Machinarium. It's this robot RPG adventure game where you are so like a robot, robot fish. It's not a fish. Okay. It's a. It's it's a. It's a. Here I can show you. It's a robot. And you're in a terrarium. Well, it's in it's in this world. There's the, and it's got all this really great art, which is really the the neat thing. And you're in charge of this robot. And oh, can, in a in a lovely poke up. Post-apocalyptic world. Post-apocalyptic, sort of, you know, very steampunk. Uh, and you're in charge of the robot, and you can only manipulate things that are within reach of the robot's arms. And, like, initially you have to, you have to figure out how to put the robot together. Anyway, I, I definitely (laughs) killed some, (laughs) I definitely killed some fun hours. Uh, Okay, uh, apparently that was a pooping robot on the, on the intro to this game. Yeah. Well, I, I can recommend that. I have now, uh, Sadly, I have uh, finished the adventure already. Oh, so I, Matt is looking. I've, I've beaten the game. Matt is looking for for new iOS adventure games. Well, the second one that I can recommend is called World of Goo. I've heard good things about this. It's it's super fun. It's a physics simulation thing, and you build things like well, it's building trusses and towers and bridges and and stuff. But you do it with these goo balls, which stretch, and they have you know both um, compressive. And tension properties that cohesive. you have to understand. Well, cohesive, yeah. Well, they just magically sort of stick together. But, I mean, when you stretch them into shapes, like a truss is going to have compression members and tension members. You know? Like statics. Basic statics. So once you put them there, they do, they do yeah, different they, things. Yeah, they, they hold the load and you have... And so, you know, it starts off... And it's a, a pseudo-adventure game. Very tongue-in-cheek. Uh, some fun, fun text and surprises and stuff. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and it was really easy at first, and then the difficulty ramped up 
reasonably quickly. <laughs> it's got, uh, gotten to the point where they were all super obvious and I was, I was getting great scores on every, on every level. You know, having done some trust building and trust building competitions and stuff that, you know, a lot of things were obvious to me that might not be obvious to a non-physics teacher. But, okay. But, but nevertheless, the difficulty ramped up quickly and now, okay. now there are levels that I'm trying over and over again. So, should the listeners recommend free Games only, or well, are you one of these people that will actually pay for good software? Well, both of those I think cost a little bit of money. Oh, good for you! I think one of them was five dollars, and the other one was maybe three. And but I, I along with the free iPad, they gave me a fifteen dollars iTunes gift card. Oh well, you're all set up, man. <laughs> so I bought some games. <laughs> wow! No wonder you yeah. sprung for the carbon fiber speed shell. <laughs> yeah, I just think that looked cool. Does that look cool? <laughs> Come on, carbon fiber. It's great. No stopping it. Yeah. All right, so big topic. It's fake follow-up. Big topic for this week uh, is my partner and her current decision vis-a-vis her career, her employment status. And there were actually big changes in the thinking on this today. Two different shifts happened just today only. So she's been offered this position, which is in a jail. She would be working inside the jail. Okay, she's told me this is what she wants to do. It is her life's ambition to do therapy in the prison setting. Yes. To work with inmates in prison setting. She feels like it's a chronically underserved population, that these people have issues and needs that are not being handled, and that, you know... Well, that, you know, she she could be a part of the actual rehab end of the prison system, which is, you know, in, in this com- country, it seems like it's sliding more and more toward the punitive rather than the rehabilitative. Sure. Uh, um, end, okay. So, that's a whole but other. there must be much more to it, because so far it seemed like no decision necessary that she would jump at that. Well, she applied for the job. I mean, she was interested in the job, and then they offered it to her, and the job is, well, here's the thing. Okay, first of all, it's not a, she wouldn't be providing therapy. So it's not exactly what she would want to do. Instead, they'd have her doing essentially uh, intakes and assessments on people coming in. Um, for a good reason. Uh, it's it's working on this jail diversion program. So when people who are homeless or maybe chronically homeless, when they are arrested for something dumb, like, like you know, open container or... Setting a tent on a street corner. Yeah, that sort of thing. Um, when they're arrested for dumb stuff, obviously not... not you know, violent crimes or theft and, and things like that. But when they're arrested for dumb stuff, which they frequently are, this would just, you know, if they are assessed as being homeless or chronically homeless or possibly mentally ill, they would be diverted either to a, a hospital where they could be treated or just back out onto the street, I guess. Just not to jail because they don't really need to be in jail. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, I see why this is tough now. Okay. So yeah, it's not, it's not her dream job. It's just, it's, it's, you know, intakes and assessments, and, and that's kind of boring, I, I would imagine. And the other thing is that the hours are, are kind of rough. The hours are 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Ouch. Yeah, 12 hour overnight shifts. And she would work, I think it's three on, three days on in a row, two days off, then two days on, and three days off. And then the cycle repeats. So she'd have some weekends off and some not, and, you know. Whoa. That's yeah. crazy. And, well, you'd have to... It's rough. You'd pretty much have to keep that sleep schedule the whole time, regardless of whether you were on a an on or an off cycle. Uh, yeah, uh, but... I don't, I don't know, but how, how would you? Because you would need really to get tough. stuff done during the day, when right. your day is off. You to go places when, and, you know, want to non-vampires are awake. Right. To want to do things that we enjoy, you uh. know. Ooh, so a really, really rough schedule. Now, that's not for the whole of the year. She would do that for, you know, four months, six months, and then switch with whomever had the day shift. So part of the year she'd be on the graveyard shift, and part of the year she would get the day shift. But obviously the new person starts out on the bottom, starts out sure. with the graveyard shift. So, okay, so the schedule's rough. Uh, it's not, not her dream job, but it's a step in that direction. Okay. So the, and and it's a, a good amount more money. Oh. She she would actually be using her LMHC, you know, her new licensed status, which is not 
she's not using at her current job. So she would be using her degree to the fullest. She'd be using her own HC status. So that that's kind of neat, you know. And she knows that within this company, because of course it's a privatized prison. Within this company, there may be, and she's talked with the person who was trying to hire her. There may be opportunities in the future for her to move to a job that's more like her her dream job. So, on this basis alone, if this was it, it's more money, it's super rough schedule, that's going to be very disruptive to both sanity. Of, to sanity, to both of our ways of life. It's not the work she really wants to be doing, but might be a step into the world uh, where she could eventually realize her dream job. If that were it, it would already be a tough call. And when that was it, she was going back and forth already. Uh, but then a, a job was posted within her own agency, a program manager position that she's definitely qualified for and would really rather have. But she sent an email, and here's where I put in the notes the crowbar of loyalty thing. So, <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that at all. Is it the loyalty is severing her from the job? Well, so here's the thing. She she wrote an email to the person who's hiring for this program manager position and said, listen, I've got this other offer, but I, I'd rather stay with the agency and get your job, but I have to give these guys an answer and I would like to, I would like to meet with you and like get a Get an idea if I'm in the running, if you're going to seriously consider me for this position, and then I would, you know, think about turning them down, or if, if that's not going to happen, because these, these processes can take way too long, and the jail people are looking to hire in the next two weeks, they want to get somebody in that position. And, you know, if that's, if it's not going to happen, then, so, she wrote that email to this guy, and- So it's a billy club of loyalty. Yeah. Well, that's, that was, I, that term, crowbar of loyalty, uh, listeners, that comes from a back to work episode where he was basically talking about this thing where you go to your boss and say, Hey, listen, I, I, oh, yeah. you remember this? And he said, like, that's, that's Jody missing, uh, a reference to our favorite podcast. <laughs> right. So it, you, this is where you go to your boss and you say, listen, I could leave. I can go somewhere else if you don't do this or that or fix this thing I don't like about my job or give me a better job or give me more money. Um, that's the crowbar of loyalty, where you sort of say, I'd rather be loyal to you, but I might have to take another... Well, and, what, and Merlin's point in that episode was that, well, if you don't, that that's a terrible idea, which you told me, remember? I found this to be a terrible idea as well. It's a terrible idea, especially if you don't have a bird in the hand. Then it's just yeah. childish and stupid. Yeah. Well, she actually did... She does have an offer in hand. She has good reason for this. Right. Uh, not that it's a tactic or a ploy... In this, this case, is, it's, it's not a ploy. It's, it's, it's the real deal. It's the real deal. So here's the thing. So that guy to whom she wrote the email hasn't hasn't gotten back to her. It's been over a week. Yikes. He's just blown her off. And her boss, her current boss, has told her that, yeah, he's going to take his sweet-ass time hiring for that position because he's got no he's got no timeline. Okay, apparently, she knows this from higher up. Like, there's no timeline okay. to fill that job. And, and then furthermore, she just found out that... Her current position is probably going to go away. They're going to fire her in the next six months. Whoa. So now it kind of seems like this happened. She found this out today. This morning she called me and said, and like we had this whole, t- she's like, please don't sound so disappointed. Cause she, she was super, she was super fearful about taking this job. Cause not knowing how she'd adjust to the schedule. She's super comfortable in her agency. You know, she's been there eight years. She's got a lot of contacts, a lot of respect, a lot of, you know, she's built a lot of bridges. And going to, going outside of that agency, leaving this, this safe, well-worn, uh, environment is already tough. You know, to go to something that she's not sure she's gonna like, she's not sure she's gonna be good at, she's not sure she's gonna like with whom she's working and, and all that stuff. Well, all of which I've dealt with, you know, thinking about other positions. But then, but now, not only as her employer, her current employer, showed no impetus to to try to exploit or capitalize on her loyalty, they uh, they're basically going to be shown at the door pretty soon anyway. So now she's feeling, you know. So this morning she's called and said, "I I'm, I don't think I'm going to take this job." And I said, "Well, I'll just make sure you're making the decision for the right reasons. You know, it shouldn't just be a fear thing. If you, you know," and she said, "No, it's not. A, you know, it's not that." It's the hours, and it's the fact that it's not the job I want, and I don't want to be doing that. I was like, okay, well, you know, 
then fine. And she then she was like, "Don't sound so disappointed." I was like, "I'm not disappointed. <laughs> Don't project. I'm not disappointed. I'm oh, fine." That is triple tough. Uh, and and because part of her, I think, was just. But then by lunchtime, she's like, "Yeah, I just found out that I'm probably losing my current job, so now I feel like I have to take it." So now she feels cornered. Yeah. Know? Well, it she sucks. Mm. Because that's the wrong way to have to make that decision. Yeah, but if there was ever a right time to wield the crowbar of loyalty, I I think that's it. Well, I think she she played that card, and her employer... still no response? Well, her employer basically played the GFY card in response. Ah. It's brutal. Okay, all right. Well, I gave you some advice before you took off to Bonnaroo. Yes. And... Yeah, so while it's still good advice, it meant almost exactly the opposite to you <laughs> as to what it did to me. Really? Uh, yes. So, well, what does it? I mean, did, I came to the opposite conclusion, but that doesn't okay, mean it meant fair the enough. opposite. That, that's what I mean. It, tur- it turned we, you, you know, in the other direction. Yeah, because we were having different. We were talking about different jobs, different opportunities, and you said what you're talking about is when you said what? What did you say? Uh, six months or a year from now, would you regret? Would your future self regret not having taken the different thing, not having done something differently? Not taking the opportunity that's in front of your current self. Yeah, and, and you've got something here in the notes that well, you, you you tried to give her this advice. Well, okay, well that was before. I mean, it's almost a moot. It's a moot point now because that was before today and her finding out. Yeah, so I, I presented her that same argument that you know, are you going to in in the future? Are you going to regret not having taken this chance? And, and she really, she thought about that and incorporated that into her thinking and, and thought that that was smart. So, so thank you for that. Uh, but now it's becoming a much more practical thing about, will I have a job? Wow. Yeah. A lot of ins, a lot of outs on that. Yeah. It's tough because, uh, uh there's even more to it. I mean, her, she's going to be inheriting, uh, a, you know, a, a decently sized private practice in the next, a uh, few months, and that might be enough. Wait, what? Is that independent of all of this job? Yeah, other job stuff. Wow, seven stuff. Wow. So in uh, in in eight months, she might be, you know, self-employed. Sure, but yeah. So today she's like, well, "Can you carry us for eight months?" I was like, "Well, not in the style to which we become accustomed." <laughs> <laughs> Not with the fancy dinners and the shooting every weekend and the you right know. no more yeah sailing and shooting well sailing is doesn't cost very much I don't know that's a thirsty motor Matt <laughs> not that thirsty <laughs> uh, it's a thirsty motor in my truck but not not so much in the boat anyway um, yeah it's a tough call that is certainly tough mm. okay we we should we should move on from that. I do yeah. want to hear more about that in future episodes. Yeah, well, I will, I will present updates as, uh, as we move forward. I'm going to hit the pause. I think oh. we're, are we unpaused? Oh, it's now solid. Solid. The, the air's still on. Oh. <laughs> Turn off the air. Okay. Even though it's sweltering and we had to take a break. Woo! Three, two. Recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on, let's out. Okay. Oh, okay. oh. <clears throat> not Neil. Alright. Okay, so my idea, I did have an idea for a topic. For you had a great topic idea. It's been. A long time since a I had long a long time idea. since either one of us had a decent topic idea. Yeah, I don't think uh, episode 42 is going to be one of our classics, but it wasn't bad. Huh. I don't know. We have, we, we're recording this pretty pretty quick turnaround. We haven't gotten a lot of feedback, but in, anyway, yeah. I, I'm just, I'll just wasting be ha- time. I'll just be happy if I'm on, on mic more this episode. <laughs> All right. So my idea was, if I was going to give it one word, it would be focus. In fact, you have given it one word. And that's the word. And that is it. What I was talking about specifically is the sort of 
mental attributes or mental, I don't want to say toughness, but whatever the necessary attributes are mentally for certain kinds of games, sports, activities. You know, obviously, I'm not a golfer, but <laughs> we we have talked in the past. I, I, I used to be a pretty big fan of, of golf, and I know that you are a fan and, a, and an actual golfer. And we've talked in the past about how what a what a tough game mentally can be and what uh what a mind f- it can be if trying to recover from a bad shot that sort of thing of just being your own worst enemy and now that i'm a shotgunist and i'm i'm doing these these i did a tournament this weekend um sporting clays i feel like it's got to be it's the same it's the same because you get a ba- you, you make a bad shot, you miss a bird or two, you get mad, and then and then your mechanics suffer on the subsequent shots, and then you know it can be it can be one of these death spiral things. I see. It seems like the shooting or your your current interest in shooting has has brought this out in you, but mm-hmm. I think that this is something you already understood from watching golf with you before when mm-hmm. we were hetero life mates hmm. briefly you immediately grokked that you know it, over the span of a four day golf tournament that there were hundreds of, of golf shots yeah. for each player and that the hard part was staying focused for each and every single one of those and not letting the ones that had happened in the past affect the one that you're hitting now or the ones that you will yes. be hitting uh, five minutes from now or an hour from now. Yes. And at the time, you compared it to race car driving. And mm-hmm. I, I know you're still a you know an F1 fan and a, mm-hmm. a driving aficionado. And, and you're right. You, you can't let the you know the last turn bother you in this turn. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Focus. Yeah, so that Focus. I like the I like the topic. It's got you know it's got sportsmanship stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got uh, business stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got life, life stuff. Right, right. Because if there's there's anything we're trying to do here on at least you're trying is uh, you know we're here to help people, help people, and <laughs> and rip off as much back to work as we possibly can. Right, 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 right. We've beat them too a few things lately. But yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Anyway, still not sure how I feel about that. So the I, I've been I've been getting advice from people who are more experienced shooters, and what what I keep reading and hearing over and over again is that you have to you have to somehow make yourself believe that the pair you're about to shoot when you call pull there's going to be one bird and then when you fire there's going to be another bird a rapport pair or maybe a true pair or whatever always two. Yeah, always twos. That's huh. why everybody shoots with, with, uh, not everybody, but uh, most of us shoot with over-unders. Two-shot guns. An over-under is a two-barrel shotgun with one barrel above the other barrel. It can't be a side-by-side? No, oh, you're welcome to use a side-by-side if you like, or an automatic or a pump gun. You can use whatever you want, but you need to be able to fire two and only two shells, because all the games are built around the two-shot guns. Okay. Mine's in the car if you want to see it. Um... Anyway, no. Let's keep the show going and keep your guns in the car. Um, well, it's because I shot today. Uh, I don't normally drive around with it. Okay. Anyway, good to know. I don't have like a gun rack yet, <laughs> yet. or a pickup truck. Anyway, you have to pretend that the pair you're about to shoot is the only pair. That any all the pairs that have come before, all the shots you've made before, don't exist. The future also doesn't exist. The pairs that will come after. They don't exist either. All that matters is the two birds you're about to shoot. And you need to have a plan for the two birds. And you have to get into this, you know, this Zen, this very Buddhist zone where you are only focusing on the present and what you're going to do when the birds fly. And you have to rehearse that in your mind. And you, then there's a, there's a little, there's a little bit of ritual to it. There's a, in shooting, this is boring, but there's a, there's a, a <laughs> this is sounding like an art film. There's right a, now. <laughs> a sight point, uh, a sight point, a hold point, and a break point. A break point is where you're gonna actually pull the trigger and break the bird. A hold point is where your gun is gonna be positioned before you break the bird, and the sight point is where you're gonna first see the bird. These are three separate points, and you need to figure those out pre-shot, and you need to rehearse that briefly in your mind, and have that plan, and be in the moment, completely present, 
There is no past. There is no future. You call pull, and then you execute your put. So you know where the the uh, you've the clay seen pigeons them. are coming from. You've seen them. You saw the guy before you shoot, or if you like, if you didn't see the guy at, at a tournament, if you didn't see the guy before, you just the guy the trapper will ask you, "Do you want to see him?" You say, yep, I want to see him. Oh, okay. Uh, you want you want to see him, and well, then of you course think, you do. But I thought part of the sport was that you didn't quite know where they would be jumping well, out from. That it would be as you know a zombie shooting scenario. There are other games. There are other kinds of games, but most of the most of the clay sport games, you you know where the bird's going to fly. Okay. Like skeet, you know exactly where the birds are going to fly. Sporting clays, uh, you don't have to look at it. Like when we go out and we shoot on the weekends when we're not really keeping score. Um, we don't necessarily preview the targets. So I just say, you know, go ahead and surprise me. Because you pay by the target. You pay 30, 31 cents a, a, a shot or whatever. So, they're, oh, I see an ant. Oh, the ant. An ant. Listeners, you have no idea what we're dealing with here for episode 33. There are ants. There's ants. We're dealing with a lot of adversity. Yes. Dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, right. So, a part it. Oh. <laughs> hopefully Lost focus. Go, yes. Hopefully they'll go eat, eat Matt's feet now. Um. They've already eaten my feet. I'm footless. Jeez. Sorry. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. Um, That's terrible. Not explaining that. No, don't. Don't even start. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's sweltering and there are biting insects. And it's hard to focus. Okay, so sweltering and biting insects are some of the things you might have to deal Uh with in a registered shoot. In a tournament shooting situation. Or in a golf tournament. Or in a golf tournament, yes. Uh, Although... You do get a free drop from Fire Ant Mounds, but... Is that true? That is true. Huh. Yes. <laughs> they, will that. they will not make you stand in a Fire Ant Mound to hit your golf shot. I did not know that. Yep. However, hmm. your playing partner might require you to kick the <laughs> the anthill to prove that it has Fire Ants in it. Really? <laughs> yes. To play yes. for money? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, man, that looks like a beetle pile. Kick that open. <laughs> that really happens. That's pretty funny. Yeah, depends who you're playing with. Depends how, you know, maybe you need to get in their head a little bit. Okay. But yeah, I would do that. At least poke it with a stick, something. Yeah, show, me there's, show me there's hands in there. It, well, okay, so that gets back, getting back to the topic, that gets to the, the mental aspect of the game. Anything you can do to get in your opponent's head, if it were that kind of situation. You know, I'm typically shooting with... Uh, a friend who I also want to do well, you know, I don't, I don't, okay. really, I don't really want them to miss birds. Although I tell you what, okay, so full disclosure, I did a, a tournament, my second official registered tournament on uh, this past Saturday, and when I struggled at a couple of stations, where you know the birds, the birds were just hard, and and I missed, I actually got blanked. I had a zero out of eight on one station, and that's terrible. Okay. I mean, that's zero out of eight is really bad. And that will really just put you into that, that death spiral where, you know, now you're mad, now your mechanics are worse, now, you know, blah, blah, blah. But like, when I, when I had a, a challenging station, I was... And you don't even have durable golf clubs to like throw around. You have I can't a around. very expensive shotgun that can't you, you can't... Yeah. I've heard that people, that this sometimes happens. Some people sometimes throw their guns. Well, there are club throwers. Yeah. Go, and, oh, obviously. And some of them Even are, in the professionals, they're oh, yeah. Some of them are completely pathological. Or oh, some bend them around their necks. And yeah, sh- yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've always been one to let it go if they still have enough focus left to throw the clubs forward toward the hole, toward the green. Because mm-hmm. at least that way we can... It's on the we, way. We, it's on the way <laughs> to pick up their temper tantrum okay. as we play golf. Yeah, throwing it backwards, forget it. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. That's a, uh, hmm. So, yeah, a so line in the sand. Uh, as a total line in the sand. Cross this line, you yeah. do not. Yeah, also, also, some listeners have, have said we should, we should play golf, so, uh, just keep that in mind. Yeah, if you're a club thrower, you know, throw it toward, toward the green. Okay. Yeah, good tip. Yeah, good well, tip. Throwing a shotgun, uh, Seems unsafe, first of all. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Especially since there might still be a live round in there, as you've just told me. Wow. Typically, you're going to fire both shells. Uh, I mean, every time I call pull, I'm going to fire both shells. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, anyway, it, it doesn't seem cool to have firearms thrown around. 
And they're, they're costly. Okay, yeah. But, okay, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw my gun. I have literally, this is not an embellishment, I have literally stomped my feet in a, a little mini tantrum at, at a station before. Not at this recent tournament, but I have done it. Stamp your feet. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Yeah. Super, super angry. Like a little boy. Hmm. I, there is one, one interesting thing to losing focus and getting angry. It can affect you in golf, I know, especially while you're putting on the green, while you're having to hit a delicate shot, you you might feel your pulse in your hands. Sure. But for other sports, you know, driving, like, it, if your heart's racing, That's or right. you, you're, you're physically excited, it's not going to... It's probably not going to affect your 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 main muscle movements. No, but I could I could see if your if your heart gets going a little bit while you're shooting, mm. and you're and you lose control of your breathing, that's that's going to set you back. And, and riflery, the the heartbeat and breathing control thing is a, is a big deal. I don't think about that all that much in shotgunning. I mean, we have a, a wider margin of error than a, oh. a, a rifleist. Okay, but you know, we are sending a scatter of. Several hundred pellets into the air. <laughs> that's that's true. But you know when you're when you're shooting at a bird, that's uh, my nemesis are the ones that are crossers, meaning they're moving across your field of vision, left to right or right to left. Okay. Because you got you got to lead them. You got to get out in front of them. And sometimes they bounce along the ground, right? Well, those what? are those are called rabbits, uh, where they they roll on their sides. So sometimes you get one that that rolls across the ground. Okay. And when it's rolling across the ground, if there's terrain, if there's any kind of uneven ground, yeah, it'll take all kinds of weird hops, which it'll sometimes I've had them jump right over the shot where you just, <laughs> you, you, you think where it's going to be, you shoot where it's going to be, not where it is. And yet it just, the instant you pull the trigger, it takes a little hop and goes, and you see your uh, shot blast the ground, you see the dirt go flying uh, and the, and the rabbit safely jumps over. But you know, that's, that's why they call them rabbits because they hop. Okay. Fair enough. So, so sporting, sporting, yeah. For those who don't like sport, there's sport. There is. I might have another ant. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, so you brought up Buddhism, right? Well, sort of I, the nothing is permanent. No, you know, there is only, only the present. There's only the present. I like that. Yes. Maybe I should. Maybe I should work on my uh, my Buddha nature. Hmm. The Buddha mind. Hmm. You should stay on the path. What is it? Uh, the middle you, path. Where? <laughs> so left and right. You want the middle. Yeah. There's a, there's a rubber band trick. You snap it on your wrist. You, you know, know that I, one? Have you ever tried that one? I, I have tried that, actually. I'm not sure what habit I was trying to break. But yeah, I've heard of that before, and I have, I have done that before. Was it procrastination? Because it didn't work? No, it didn't work. No, I don't think it was procrastination. You know, the rubber band trick might be actually useful on the shotgun course. Because I could see sort of trying to train myself to, like, you know, snap. That's it. That didn't happen. It's over. Yeah. There is only now. Yeah. And Maybe. Most serious golfers place lots of importance on their pre-shot routine. Mm-hmm. That's um, definitely, that's a thing in shotgunning as well. So, yeah. There you go. And, like, I still know mine from... I don't know, the last 25 years of my life, probably. Yeah. It just, it it's in there. Sometimes it doesn't do the job it's supposed to do of, of clearing your mind and clearing putting you in the present, but at the very least, I do the same thing every time. I, I actually, um, I don't it, have the, a good... The rubber, the rubber band might might be a good, uh, or at least post, post-disaster routine. You know, you, you mess up. I can see. You take a small step back, you snap the thing. Now, do you not snap it if it goes well? Or do you snap it regardless? Because even if it goes well, I think if it goes well, you know your plan works. Yeah, I think, and then you execute it the same way. Anytime you lose focus, you snap the rubber band. Hmm. If you watch Tiger Woods, if he gets bothered, I don't watch him anymore. Not since he broke that that poor lady's heart, <laughs> and she broke his window. Yeah. I just sort of got out of the habit of watching golf, but anyway, anyway. doesn't matter. I'm no. showing I'm showing my age on the Tiger Woods thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's who's the who's the hot the new hotness? I don't I, even know. I have no idea. Adam Scott. Wait, you're not you don't watch golf? Not anymore. Hmm. I'm I'm off the sports ball. Okay. Uh, anyway, no. If they're spooked, they mm-hmm. don't deal with it. They start over. 
they step they step back and they start the whole deal over. Yeah. It's not I think competitive It's not a negotiation, shooters. it's not an option. They're starting over that all, that whole routine. Yeah, you know the, the competitive shooters Unfortunately, that I watch, they do that too. If you're dealing with uh Sergio or some oh, somebody who's really fiddly, that pre-shot routine could take a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you're right, but and it's the same in tennis, which I still watch. And you know, it's Well, tennis is a little bit more reactive than proactive. Well, I mean for like the serve like yeah, pre- oh yeah. Pre-serve routine is a lot like a like sure. pre-shot routine. And the competitive shooters I've watched and the, like the YouTube videos I've watched from, you know, coaches and stuff in the sport of competitive shooting have been, have talked a lot about that pre-shot routine. I guess I, I, I guess I really haven't established one. You need one. You absolutely need one. Hmm. I'm surprised you, you, you don't have one. Shame oh, on man. you. Yeah. Shame on you. Shame on me. So I need a rubber band. Uh huh. I need a routine. Uh huh. Should I get a little grass and throw it in the air? Absolutely. Or lick your finger. That, I understand that helps. Mm-hmm. Not not in here, now. No, you could. It's, <laughs> nobody could see me do that. But mm. And the air is not moving in There's here. No I can definitely air. attest to that. Oh, my God. It's so hot. It's so hot. So, actually, um, yes. I like I like this topic. Okay. I think we should come back to this topic. All right. Where the clock, the clock on the... On the Mavericks says we should we should wrap up pretty soon. Well, hang on. I, I want I want to finally because not everybody who listens is um, a golfist or a shotgunist. Obviously, right. So I think that in general, if I could handle small setbacks better, if I could let them go, I think <laughs> I would be a much better person. Yes. I, I think call, I think my partner would agree with that. Call yeah. back to the dealing with failure topic. Mm. Yeah. I, and there's, you know, there's all sorts of good everyday business type stuff that ties into this. I'm not sure if I already said that or not. Business, but, uh, wait, yeah, papers, business papers. Business papers. Now you're making me want to wear a rubber band too, like at work. Hmm. Yeah. Like every time I start grinding my teeth. You know. At work, I need to snap, snap the rubber band. Huh. Every time I have to go investigate documentation on a 15-year-old piece of code, I snap the rubber band. Before or, or after? Both. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened today. Oh, it happened again today. So, well, okay, so that's going to... so old, man. That's going to keep so happening. Old. So that's yeah. going to keep happening. Yeah. Because I neither have time to fix it nor maintain it, or and I still don't know what's out there on the project I work on. It's completely crazy-making. Okay, so let's let's talk about this now. So that's going to keep happening. You're going to snap your rubber band or whatever, but you can't let that. What you can't allow. What none of us can allow. What none of us can afford to allow in our personal life or our, you know, or our hobbies, our sports. You can't allow it to accumulate. Ugh, good word. That's a really good word. Because I mean, that's that's crazy making. I right, you 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 have to snap it. It has to be gone. You have to let it poof. Yeah, it, I think the rubber band could bring me back to the present, but, but. I don't think it could get rid of the accumulation. <laughs> okay, so... I've been letting stuff accumulate hmm. for way too long. Way too much stuff. What do you do with that like stuff? Like I said, it's, a, well, it's, it's just there, Matt. It's, just, it's part of you now. It's in my backpack of bricks. It's it, it's, it's, it's part, part of, of my now. brittleness. Stuck, stuck it, to you? Yeah. No, I don't particularly want it. Sometimes I have the presence of mind to know that it's there and think, that's not me. I should get rid of that. Mm-hmm. But can't. Because it just keeps accumulating. Damn it, Matt. This episode was not supposed to be about me. I, You know, <laughs> I think in my... I think out of necessity, in my professional life as an educator, I'm actually okay at this. Because... I've had I've had all kinds of moments, thousands of moments over my ten year career, where I've become upset. Like something has upset me. Something a kid did, maybe, maybe not. Maybe something a coworker did, or something an administrator did, or something, or or something dumb like the phone keeps ringing. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to give a lecture, and if, if I'm interrupted three times during a class by the the freaking telephone. Or all of your colleagues keep asking when the next podcast will be out. Yeah, well, that's the worst. <laughs> um, but no, but seriously, if I'm interrupted by, by the telephone a few times when it, uh, about nonsense stuff, like let's say they keep calling for a student that I don't have, 
Occasionally this happens. Mr. Benia keeps making announcements <laughs> about about a tornado, which may or may not happen. He retired. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I become upset, and I, I have literally slammed the phone down on the receiver at, to the point where the whole room noticed. Like, all the kids' heads snap around, and they're sure. all now acutely aware that Mr. Teacher is... Mr. He's upset. upset. He's upset. And then I have to, very quickly, I have to let that evaporate. That has to evaporate so fast, or the situation can go tango uniform in a heartbeat. You know, I can start taking it out on kids, or I can let what, the, you know, some somebody says something stupid, and instead of handling it in a smart, professional way, I could handle it badly, and the whole thing could go... It could go, yeah, it can go up in a hurry. So, I've had to get pretty good at letting those clouds, which can form so quickly, and I wish, I wish I were better at dealing with these, you know, these minor setbacks. I wish that it didn't, I wish I didn't get all hot, and I didn't get all, you know, mentally confused and mad. I, I wish that didn't happen to me, but when it does at work, I've learned, like I said, through necessity, that that's gotta go immediately, or I'm going to do... I'm going to make things worse. Like, the only solution is it's got to just, poof, snap. Snap the rubber band. And you know what? That's where I've worn the rubber band is at work. Because I'm always surrounded by rubber bands, and I will absentmindedly (laughs) slip one on, and then I'll find myself snapping it. Hmm. I do have hairier arms than you, though. That makes the rubber band less feasible. Hmm. But I do wish... I do wish I'd developed this ability... Uh, well, you could do. I, I sure I could do, but I I'm not faced with a classroom full of teenagers yeah. at these points. It's That's just me in front of a computer, so <laughs> they are there's gonna no know immediate it. consequence for me holding on to this crap. Yeah, no, they're gonna know it. In my case, they're gonna know it and they're gonna punish me for they it. They can I'm totally gonna, smell it. I'm gonna pay for it. So, so I, I have to do it. So I should do all my coding in a room full of teenagers. Is that what? Is that what? That'd is that be, where we're at? That'd be problematic as well. A rubber band and a room full of teenagers. Hmm. That's your title right there. There might, be, <laughs> there might be another solution we're not thinking of, but okay. perhaps it's because this room is so hot. Yeah, I think we're both a bit heat-stroking right now, so Ooh. we should let's button it up. All right. And that that turned out to be a surprisingly good episode. It was deeper than I expected. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened to the show. Maybe the... A good thing might have happened to the show. It's possible. Who needs Neil? Anyway. Yeah. Who needs him? Yeah, it's a good guy. Maybe our listeners will give us feedback about this topic. What do you think? I wish they would. I wish they would, too. Where, uh, wait. What? Important things that we did not mention. Go on. How would they give us feedback about this show? Well, they'd have to email us at alyt.show at gmail.com. That's true. Or... And, and or they could find the notes could for this the, show. The notes, pictures, pictures and notes. Yeah, papers. Uh, hats, papers. There were a lot of big Lebowski references. Yeah, it was a Lebowski type show. Yeah, you know, it's all the Buddhism stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, the notes uh, can be found at gtradio.net slash alyt slash four three. Because we've done this forty three times. It's the forty third. Sweltering episode. Alright, let's get out of here. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm hitting stop.